What is up, DMV basketball fans? Welcome into another Believe in DMV Hoops. I've got Coach Mark Byington of the James Madison University Dukes with me here today. Uh, Coach, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. It's uh, uh, October's almost over now, so uh, we're, we're full speed ahead to basketball season. I love that. Yeah, I think everyone listening to this pod right now is ready for it to be full basketball season. So uh, you're amongst friends here. Before we get going, just want to get our ad reads out of the way. We're brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Every Flavor You Can Think Of, Beach Tea, Half and Half, they're all delicious. And Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, UFC, boxing, golf, football, obviously, everything you can think of. And Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games. Head to the website or use a mobile device today and get in on the action. Use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, for 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, coach. I saw before we started recording here, you got your jersey on the wall back there uh, from UNC Wilmington. You were a real hooper yourself. Uh, do your players know that? Do they know that this is a guy that was a first team all defense, second team all conference? Like, have you ever shown him any tape or anything? Well, thanks for reminding me. Uh, when, <laughs> yeah. when, you're a, when you're a coach, you almost forget about your playing days. And, um, you know, it's uh, it was a great four years for me. Um, I, I tell my guys all the time, it's like one of the best times of your life is playing college basketball. And, you know, the, the bonds you make with your teammates, uh, the experiences, the places you go, the challenges. And, um, you know, that's the experience I take from being a player with my guys. It's kind of just appreciate the moment, you know, appreciate this journey that you're on because, uh, you're going to look back and, 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 you know, you don't want to have any regrets and hopefully get the most out of it. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's, you've played in conferences that these guys are playing in now. So I think you can speak to them from a place of experience, you know, played in the CAA, coached in the CAA for a while and. You guys are in the Sun Belt now, probably similar-ish level of competition. So I, I think that's got to be important for your players to know, like, hey, coach knows what he's talking about here and, and can really come from a place of uh, of experience. Yeah, I used to be able to go out and uh, get on the scout team sometimes and, um, you know, try try to make that point. But but no. now it's too dangerous. I got to protect um, protect them for some injuries on my legs and things like that. So now I just voice it. I don't actually demonstrate it. I got you. That's probably the smart move. And you hit a couple shots every once in a while just to show them you got something left in the tank, but uh, not running with them. Probably probably a good choice, especially the tempo you guys play at and everything and uh, the athletes you got on that team there. I, I don't blame. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I think the, um, the modern day athlete, you know, is, it's different than even when I played. It's sure. um, it, it's impressive what what these guys can do and how they move. And and then one thing that, that we do a great job of here at JMU is also with the strength coach nutrition and things like that, where, I mean, we were eating pizzas, you know, right after, right after the game, right before the game sometimes. So um, it's a whole different mindset and, and the athletes these days are incredible. No more hit McDonald's after the game on the way back to the dorm or something like that for these guys, at least not too often, hopefully. Yeah. We were on a budget, whatever was convenient. Yep. I feel you. Uh, so from there, after playing, uh, you went on to be an assistant coach a couple different places, but longest stop at College of Charleston. Worked under Bobby Cremins, obviously a legend. Uh, what's that like to learn under somebody that, you know, that kind of resume? And are you guys still in contact? And does he check in from time to time still? Yeah, we're definitely still in contact. Um, you know, as far as my coaching career, he had the, the biggest impact. And, you know, just watching him and, and you know, kind of when you're you're behind the scenes with somebody, you see why they were successful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Georgia Tech you know, has a court named after him, and he's, you know, made his runs there. We had great teams at College of Charleston. But when you watch him day to day, it's, it, it's certain things that really stick out. I mean, he was 
tremendous with the players. Um, you know, how he treated them, you know, how, how he cared about them. Um, he treated them like men. I mean, he was never disrespectful, and, and, and they wanted to play hard for him because, you know, they could see how much, you know, that, that he cared about them, invested in them. And, and then the best thing I think he, he gave me, too, was also he gave me a lot of responsibility when I was assistant coach mm-hmm. and let me make mistakes. Um, you know, I was doing a lot when I was assistant coach at College of Charleston, and, and I would screw things up, and he'd come over and be like, Mark, no, don't do it that way. Or right. he'd see me getting out of line and kind of straighten me back up. But, but he groomed me to be a head coach, and I'm very appreciative of that. And, um, you know, in my career, he's been hugely impactful. Do you ever get the text that says like, "Hey, why did you guys uh, run that play at the end of a game or something like that?" Yeah, we uh we lost our tournament game last year to South Alabama, and um and, and he he should know there's a cooling off period, but I got <laughs> like hour. He goes, "Yeah, Mark, great season. Uh, maybe try this next time." And I was like, you know, I was like, "Too soon, too yep. soon." Like, right. I, I'm, I'm still uh I'm, I'm I'm still really dejected right now, but um. He, he's like an encyclopedia. He, he's seen it all, knows it all, and he's still you know, very involved in the game and helps us out. And, and his nephew is on my staff, um, oh, you know, cool. Jonathan Cremens. And I uh, was also with me when I was at um, you know, College of Charleston and Georgia Southern. We've been together for a while. So, um, you know, the, the Cremens are around, the, the whole family. I love that. That's great. Uh, and you mentioned Georgia Southern there. There for seven years. You guys really had that thing rolling the last three, especially. Uh, that was kind of a – honestly, a rebuild job when you took that over and uh, took it to the point where, you know, you, you guys were a, a power in a conference that it's a lot better than I think people realize. And, and now you're uh, in that conference again, uh, I guess when you have a job that's cooking like that, what, is it hard to leave? Like why, why then, why this job, I guess, walk me through kind of the decision-making there. Yeah. I mean, my experiences at Georgia Southern were great. Um, you know, it was a very difficult situation we took over mm-hmm. and, um, you know, losing season, people said we couldn't win. And, and I remember getting there, we were having trouble sometimes beating out a division two school for a player, um, or a you know, low division one for, for a player. And, you know, I had to have you know, great coaches around me and, and, you know, that believed in what I want to do and build it up. And, and we had to try to outwork people. I mean, mm-hmm. that was, you know, that was kind of the the thing we're going to have to do is get good players, outwork people, and try to build it up. And and we did. I mean, um, you know, I took over a program. I think lost seven straight seasons in a row. And by the second year, we had a three pointer that that uh, two three pointers that would have sent us to the NCAA tournament, and um, missed both those threes that would have put us in a tournament. Uh, Ron Hunter tears his Achilles on the sideline uh, celebrating and. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe I would have saved his Achilles. I wish I'd give him his Achilles back and got to the NCAA tournament. Seems like a fair but, trade. Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm gonna take that. Um, but then you know, the, you know the, it wasn't um, something I was looking to leave. You know, I was happy mm-hmm. at Georgia Southern, and 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 then the process came. JMU came open. Um, I'm from Virginia. Uh, my my parents still live in, in Salem, Virginia. Um, I came up and I, I interviewed for the job. Um, not really thinking anything else, but I was like, let me just go see what they're talking about. And, you know, I was here for only, you know, minutes. Um, but, but when you meet the athletic director, Jeff Bourne, he's retiring and, and uh, the president, president Alger, and you see the facilities, you see the commitment, you kind of see things, um, when you're there and this is all during the COVID, um, you know, there's, you know, nobody's around, but us, you know, it's easy to keep an interview secret when no, and everybody's on, on, on lockdown and quarantine. 
But um, after I finished the interviewing, you know, I drove away and there was no promises made. I didn't know how they felt about me, but I was driving down the interstate and I was like, if I don't get this job, I'm going to be really hurt and dejected because I, I believe I can win here. And I believe I can win here at a high level because they have everything. Um, you know, the, with the administration, like I said, everybody's connected, the facilities. And at the time I took the job, we were going into CAA. And the CAA, went, and I was very familiar with that and, and 10 schools. And and I, I knew it'd be a challenge, but um, it was something that, that a league I wanted to kind of take a run at. I've been in the Sun Belt. I was like, I was like let me see what we can do in the CAA. Uh, now you're back in the Sun Belt. Uh, was that uh, a surprise to you? Did you know that might be on the table when you took over the JMU job? Uh, sometimes these conference deals are, are talked about years in advance. So I'm just curious if that was uh, on the table yet. No, I did not know at all. Um, okay. You know, I yeah, took the job. And, you know, I, I knew there was I knew there was going to be conference realignment and, and I knew we were going to be attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you come to JMU, you're going to be like, all right, some some different leagues are going to want us in. And JMU said no multiple times to, you know, different leagues trying to pull them out. Um, but when I got here and I started hearing, you know, rumors, um, you know, I, I think probably let's set it off for, for most people and um, is when Oklahoma and Texas. When when that happened, it was just everybody's going everywhere. And it's all all fair game at that point. It was it was and and you know my athletic director was talking to me like, hey, you know, how will this affect you? What do you think about this? And and um, you know, they don't ask the coach. Um, sure. but 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 you know, it's a good fit, and it's even a better fit than it was before. Um, the, the Sun Belt when I was in it previously was twelve teams. Uh, there was a couple non-football playing teams in the league mm-hmm. and and then with the addition of us um old dominion you know southern miss and marshall i mean it's a heck of a league right now i mean we had four teams in the top 100 last year in the net ranking luckily we're one of them but that's and, and there and there was probably four other teams that just had yeah. non-conference schedules that probably could have been in the top 100 um so it's a challenging league and Good coaches, good players. I mean, you know, we, you know, we, we got to make sure that that we're doing everything we can every year from the players, the coaches, preparation, have a chance. You mentioned good coaches there. Uh, that's a perfect segue. You were named best X's and O's coach uh, in the conference by your peers uh, last season. What's that feel like to be recognized as as an elite drawer up of things uh, for, from everybody you're coaching against? Uh, I love the compliment. Um, you know, the, the cynic in me is like, all right, you're setting me up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I love basketball. Uh, I love watching it. I love preparing. If if you look around my house or my office, I constantly got just, you know, um, diagrams laying all over. And then sometimes they get jumbled everywhere. But it's – um. You know, I, I just love doing it. I love, I love trying to take my players and, 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 and trying to use them the best I can and make them look good. But, you know, if you gave me a vote, I, I would say there, there's there's six, eight, ten other guys that have been right there with me. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's probably fun to get out and coach against when you have to, like, you know, be on your A game every night in, in conference. I got to imagine that that's uh, one of those things where you look across the sideline and you're like, oh, this guy again, we've got to compete with whatever stuff he's going to throw at us. Yeah, you, you, every now and then you, you used to look down there. It's like, all right, he don't know what he's doing. And uh, you know, g- give me a break here. But in the Sun Belt, it doesn't happen. You look down there and, and, and those guys got two new coaches in the league now. And and um, everybody recruits well and, and works hard and has good players. So it's a challenge. 
despite that, you guys have been really successful so far in the league. I mean, I, I want to talk to you in a minute about how you guys measure success, but from the outside looking in, looks like uh, things have been pretty good. You had 22 wins last season. It's the most since the 1981-82 team. Uh, you guys set records uh, for single season for total points, rebounds, steals, steals per game, uh, a whole bunch of different categories. I guess, are you feeling good about where things are and, and what are really your goals for this program? Like, where can it get to? Yeah, I mean, you know, when I took over a program at Georgia Southern and JMU, you know, you, you say you don't want a good a good team, you want a good program. Sure. And 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 now that's tough to say, you know, that word good program. I, I think everything's on a one year deal. Um, the roster turnovers are are a lot. I brought in eight new guys my first year, and I think seven, and then like eight and six. So it's been huge turnovers in recruiting class. So it's hard to have consistency. You know, I wish I had a couple of those guys back from last year that that went off and are playing professional right now, and that would help some continuity. But you got to bring new guys on and and and, and fill big roles, and and that's the challenge. Um, most programs are having that challenge. Uh, yeah. There's very few that, hey, we got five of our top six back or six of our top eight back. There's mm-hmm. those are the old days. You know, now it's roster turnover and and to figure out how to do it. I, I like where we are. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to get up to a, a one more level or two more levels. And sure. and sometimes that's the hardest reach. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, you go from a team that that's, a little, you know, a losing kind of historically and then now you're winning and now you're, you're, you're right there. It's, it's, it's kind of knocking, knocking the, the glass down and getting right through. And that's the challenge where we are right now. Um, we're close. We, I, I think we had a good enough team to win it last year. Um, we won the regular season CAA the first year and just because I, I, I uh, tough guys, tremendous player, Matt Lewis, but it's every year is different. Um, it's, it, it really is. And you just don't know what to expect. And that's the fun part. You know, I love this time of year when I'm like looking at our team and I was like, God, we got all these things to fix and what we got to do. And, and we got to figure it out. Um, and you go along the way and you're like, everything's going smooth and you, 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 you kind of hit something in the season where you hit a lull and, and you got to fight through it. Um, mm-hmm. I love the fact UConn last year, um, yeah. you know, you know I think they, they lost like six to seven or they, whatever, they had a bad stretch mm-hmm. and, um, and they dominated the NCAA tournament. And, and so, you know, like seeing how teams pull out of things like that. And as a coach, you know, you, you love trying to help a team get there. I'm sure it's stressful in the moment, but also exciting challenge to get to problem solve and, and work through all those things. And it seems like that's what the most successful coaches are, are elite adapters and problem solvers. So uh, you it's guys have done that sleep, well. I can tell you that when you're sitting there, your mind's racing all night and you're like, how do I fix this? And, and that helps with experience of coaches. Sometimes you realize some things are out of your control, but, but other times I think you kind of get, um, the more experience you get, you're like, all right, let's keep it this way and not let it go sideways because it, it could go it go off the rails pretty quick. For sure. Uh, in your second season, you guys beat UVA at home. As a Maryland alum, I still like to root against UVA, so I was rooting very hard for you in real time during that game. Uh, does a signature win like that help you kind of jumpstart a rebuild somewhere? Like, is that does that carry over to other recruits in the area see that game kind of more than others? And, and did that help you? You think? Yeah, it definitely helped. I mean, at the time, I mean, I was almost just on to the next game, like, like mm-hmm. truthfully. And, and then you kind of reflect when it's over. Um, and you start talking to fans, recruits, coaches, and, and they say, hey, watch the game. Or 
Um, I've had so many JMU fans tell me that's the best sporting memory they've ever had. And that was cool when I, when I hear something like that. Um, you know, it's, it's it, it would be different if it wasn't such a great team and great program and great coach. Um, and, and, and so, you know, we, we played well enough to win. And, and then the next year we went back to UVA and, and I was probably had a chance to win that one at UVA the following year. And, um, and, you know, going against Tony Bennett makes me better. Sure. Um, you know, going against their team always makes your team better because, you know, you're, you're going against a team where, you, you know, they got such a um, stability in their culture and they know what to do and they, and it's almost a situation where none of them are rattled mm-hmm. and you go and going against them. You always feel like you left that game and you're like, all right, I know what things to do with our team to make us better. And, um, you know, it's the nightmare of them is you feel like you're going to be at halftime and the score is going to be 28 to <laughs> sometimes. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's challenging. But, um, you know, one of the one of the best coaches in a tremendous program. You guys are not shy about getting up and 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 moving the ball around and, and putting some points on the board. So I can imagine that's uh, probably an especially tough one to to work through. Just uh, talking a little bit about folks that that you worked around. These were coaches that were there before you, but you had an all time great in Lou Campanella, RIP, and uh, Lefty Drizel. Were those guys available to you as resources at all? Have you been able to pick their brains along the way? And Lefty's obviously not doing super well health wise, but is he still somebody you can reach out to if you need to? Yeah, so um, I was in my office my second day at work, and uh, Luke Capanelli called me, mm-hmm. and um, on my office phone, and uh, no one had that old number, <laughs> so yeah. everybody calls cell phones, and I answered the phone, and and we talked for a while, um, That's cool. and it kind of got me started on the track after talking to him. That it was only my second day in a job; I didn't have a staff yet. Mm-hmm. I had a director of operations, the only person I had on campus, and. Um, I said, let me take some time and reach out to all the coaches here before. That's and, cool. um, you know, Lefty um, was going through some health stuff and, uh, and I want you know, I want to try to get him back to campus. But, you know, I talked to his son who was an assistant here and he's a very good coach up in the DMV now, you know, him well, yeah. and uh, talked to him and, 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 and talked to Lou Rowe and, um, and, and Matt and, 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 and Sherman Dillard and all these guys. And, and they loved their experience at JMU. And I was like, hey, you know, you know, give me some advice. Um, every one of them. But but Lou gave me great advice and and, and Chuck Grizzell did too, and just like all them others. And um, so it was it was something I, I heard that Buzz Williams did. Mm-hmm. And he actually called me when he got the Virginia Tech job. And I was like, that's unique. And yeah. you know, calling somebody who's not there anymore. And he's like, hey, tell me the good, the bad, right. you know, advice, you know, what you do different and everything else. And I was like, if I ever get another job, I was like, I want to do it, do it that way too. I think it's smart and reaching out to people and, and everybody's helpful. I mean, nobody had ill will feelings and, and then those guys helped me out, get me started. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's a testament to the coaching, you know, circle that to be able to do that and, and have those connections. And if they can save you a little bit on one particular lesson learned, I think that's uh that's worthwhile. So last year we talked about the um, most successful year, honestly, probably in like 40 years at the school. Is that, is that hard to move on from? Like you have a decent amount of guys back. Is it hard to kind of reset that for everyone? Like, Hey, last year was last year. This is this year. Or do you want some of that to kind of carry over into this season? I, I guess, how do you play that with a new team? I think we use, uh, we use some of those things that, that we were just short on and, okay. and that's what motivates us. Um, you know, we did cut down a net. 
And, you know, we were into the last week of the season and had a chance for a regular season championship and then, and then lost a tough game to Marshall at home. One of the most incredible games I've been a part of. It was an, an absolute offensive juggernaut on both ends. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, that kind of like burns us. It burns me. It burns returning guys that hey, we were close could have had a chance to do something better, more. And um, that's what drives us. That's what we're reaching for. Look, it is hard when you're when you're in a league like ours. There's 14 teams, and the new NIT changes and some different. Which is terrible, by the uh, way. Uh, it's it's awful. But right now, I mean, more than likely, you got a seven percent chance mm-hmm. of going to a legitimate postseason. You know, from our league, and I mean, you need to be lucky. You need to be good. You need to be opportunistic. You need to have good players. Like all these different things you need to go in it, and. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to do is prepare ourselves for that moment to try to be that, you know, that 7%, um, which is difficult. It's very difficult. So, um, but that's what, you know, we're, we're in, that we know we're in, and that's what we're trying to prepare for. Not to quote you to you, but for the listener here, you said consistently staying at the top of the league is the next step. You're not just going to build a core group with the roster turnover. You have to constantly recruit and rebuild your team. Whether your team had a good year or a bad year, it all comes down to what you're trying uh, to do, which for us is be a force at Pensacola in Pensacola at the Sunbelt tournament. I guess just giving your shot yourself a shot at the NCAA tournament every year and, and being a contender for that. Is is that like where you want to be the next couple of years with this program? Yeah, that's all you can do. Um, you know, in, in a league like ours where it, it it's so good and it could beat you up along the way, you got to get to Pensacola and, and, and and play well and, and and pressure situations, tough situations. And and I like the fact that I have guys who, you know, we, we got two games down there last year, made it to the semifinals and uh, ran into South Alabama. They were a hot, good team. But that experience helps. And, and, and then I brought in some guys who got some really good experience. Mm-hmm. I brought in TJ Bickerstaff, who went to the NCAA tournament when he was at Drexel. I brought in Raquan Horton who went to the NCAA tournament college at Charleston was on a really good team there last year. So different guys in those situations where they understand that moment, uh, I think helps, but it all does come down to that. It really does. Uh, you mentioned some of the guys you brought in there. Uh, seven players in the rotation are going to either be fourth year or fifth year players in college basketball. That's got to be on the older side for a lot of college basketball teams. You always hear get old, stay old. Was that a specific thing you guys wanted to go out and do and, and get those kind of seasoned battle-tested guys? Yeah, specifically right now when, when a lot of these players still have the extra COVID year. Yeah. And so college basketball is not young. Mm-hmm. Uh, college football is not either. I hear some quarterbacks have been playing for six, eight years or whatever. Yeah. So it's um it, it, experience. It matters. Um, the maturity matters. And, you know, a lot of times you look at college basketball, you got a 24 year old going against an 18 year old. That, that makes a difference. That's tough. That's yeah. tough. And, um, you know, so we want to be old. The Sun Belt's an old league. Um, the league does really well taking transfers and JUCO players and, and things like that. Um, so we want to be that way. But then at the same time, you know, our recruiting is probably going to change after this COVID year is gone. And, and it won't be as transfer dominant as graduate student tri- uh, dominant. Um, it will be more freshmen coming to us. That makes sense. Uh, you guys play pretty fast offensively. You play really solid defensively. You guys can switch probably one through five at times here. I guess for someone who hasn't seen 
your JMU teams play, what, what's the calling card? Like, what do you guys want to be known for? What's the staple of, of how you're kind of setting your team up to play? Yeah, we're an aggressive team on both ends of the court. And, um, you know, we're going to try to really push the pace on offense, um, you know, really kind of take the first good shot um, that, that we can get. But, but at the same time, having the IQ to know if that's not the good one. Mm-hmm. On defense, we're going to be very active. Um, you know, we'll we'll scheme and change a little bit by our personnel from year to year, but our base is going to be the same. I mean, hopefully that we're you know disrupting the the other team, you know, uh, enough to get our stops or get turnovers. You know, either way. But I think a lot of times you'll look at our teams and you'll see kind of like the true meaning of positionless basketball. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people say it, but but we actually did it and. Um, you know, you'll see my center bringing the ball down the court, you know, five, ten times in a game. And um, you, you'll look and you'll say, I don't know which is the point guard. Or, right. or different things. I was going to ask that, by the way. Who was the point guard on this year's team? Yeah, multiple ones. Um, and, you know, that's that that that's how we play fast. But I try to find guys who can play fast and, and mm-hmm. also have a great feel for the game, can make decisions and make read and react situations very well. So, um if you look at us, you know, it is positionless. It is very aggressive. Um, and there is a good pace to it. There's being able to play fast and there's being able to play fast. Well, I guess, how do you, especially when you're bringing in new guys, whether that's high school players or transfers that if they didn't play in a, a similar tempo in the past, how do you like know that that guy can do that and fit? I, I guess, is there a certain traits that you can tell from someone of like this guy fits into what we're going to do? Yeah, we look for you know decision-making, but, um, a lot of it is can they process information quickly mm. and, you know, can they, can they, can they read the defense? Can they read a ball screen? Can they read the help? Uh, the first line, the second line, um, can they know, you know, they got to close out and, and then once they get to the paint, you know, make the right decision. So a lot, a lot of it comes down to that. And we'll, we'll watch a guy in recruiting and, you know, sometimes we say the term, he has a feel for the game mm-hmm. and, um, but it is, you know, a read and react and process information. If they can do those things, um, you know, I, it, it's funny when I was working with, with Coach Crimmins, he, he said a line to me and stuck with me. He's like, look, if, if you got players who aren't very smart, you got to tell them where to go every single second. He goes, that's difficult. He goes, you got smart players, give them the space and let them make you look good. Like mm-hmm. let, let them read and react. And that was one of the things he did that stuck with me. I love watching that. I think that makes for aesthetically pleasing basketball. And I'm sure that's helpful from a recruiting standpoint. I think that would be fun for guys to come in and know that they're not going to be, you know, handcuffed to some extent. Uh, They can come and play loose. But also as someone who still plays a lot of pickup and I can't guard anybody, it's fun to watch you guys play because you're always turning people over. You play with a lot of pressure. Uh, Is that sort of another core thing you believe in is, is, you know, kind of um, it's not just turning people over, but you also guys kind of control the pace by by speeding people up and stuff like that too is that something you really look to do every year yeah i don't know if we um we've had some teams where we speed people up um uh, i I think what we are is we're aggressive on the ball and kind of aggressive in the gaps and you know really i'll find some guys that just have a natural tendency to to go get the ball and and to make plays and to be aggressive Mm. um you know what? I don't try to inhibit a guy with our defensive scheme if they have a natural thing they do really well. I mean, we're a gap during the defensive team, but I've had some guys before that can kind of break out of our defensive scheme a little bit and make us look good. I like that. And I'll let them do that. And um, you know, I, I don't want I don't want to make a make a guy who has a natural ability or some do something well 
and tell him he can't do that well. Mm-hmm. If he's doing something well, it makes us all look good. Yeah, they're probably not going to want to stick around too if if you're holding them back from a thing they think is a strength of, of their game. And it's wild that you have to think about that uh, con- constantly, I'm sure, as a coach of, hey, is this guy, you know, uh, maximizing his potential here enough to, to want to stay around? Uh, this year's team, I wouldn't say you're like the biggest front court, but it, you're kind of big across the board. I think this is like a long, athletic, rangy team, kind of one through five, which is cool. Maybe not a lot of shot blocking. If I was looking at the roster here, just just overall, is that does it matter to you guys? Is that a thing you care about, or can you make up for it with kind of the this switchable perimeter defense too? Yeah, I mean, we'll play multiple defenses um, with guys, and um, you know, we do have size, and and and, and some of it's not guys over 6'10", but um, if you see the the strength of our guys and uh, the, the physicality that we can play with, I mean, we got a shooting guard that's 215 pounds that's really strong. And, um, you know, our, our fours and fives. So that helps us, you know, the physicality of the game. We have a couple of guys that might challenge some things around the rim. That won't be – we won't be top five in the league in shot blocks. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, you know, positional, making guys scoring over your physicality should be a strength of ours. Uh, one of the freshmen I just want to touch on, I don't know who's standing out in practice so far, but just a name college basketball fans will know overall. We've got Jalen Carey, Vernon Carey's little brother that played at Duke, playing for different Dukes this year. Uh, what's Jalen look like so far in practice, and, and what can we expect from him this season? Yeah, I was laughing because you said little, and um, he is little compared to his brother. <laughs> but if you see him in person, he's, he's a big boy. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's he's a he's a big guy. Um, very impressive. Um, you know, has um a, a, a IQ. We talked about feel for the game, and mm-hmm. you know we'll play him at the five four. But I mean, he can really pass the ball and shoot threes, and and his versatility on offense, and he's just catching up to the speed for the game, and. One thing I like about him, we did a foreign trip this summer, um, but you watch him day to day to day, and he's better every every time, every day he keeps going forward. And so I'm excited to kind of see where it goes. Um, he's in a rotation now. He's going to play, um, you know, kind of figuring out how to use him. But he's got an offensive um, skill set that's really impressive. It must be uh, in in the water wherever they're from, or in the blood, or something too. Those those guys can score it a little. They bit. have good bloodlines. You mean mom and dad? Uh, you're going you're going to realize they oh, where they get it from. That's awesome. Uh, burying the lead here a little bit, just in terms of names to talk about. Terrence Edwards probably the most marquee name on, on your team. Uh, this is a guy that I got to see a little bit last year and thought like, oh okay, th- this is uh, this is an impressive guy. Is, is he somebody that can compete for like Sun Belt Player of the Year here this year? Like, are we expecting that kind of jump from him potentially? I mean, he, he's one of the best players in the league. And, you know, I think a lot of times that the player of the year goes to the best player sometimes on the best team. And so he realized that part, that mm-hmm. he's got to make his team better. And he led us in assist. We did that foreign trip to Italy, he led us in assist. And he's he's a playmaker. He's experienced. He's played a lot. Um, uh, his leadership, his maturity, you know, everything's just growing every single year. So um his games can't be measured in points and that's kind of like what he does best mm-hmm. i think there's going to have to be games measured in wins where sometimes his points sometimes assists sometimes his leadership and i think he's got to figure out the pulse of the team that day and fill in whatever's needed that makes sense uh you mentioned not a traditional point guard potentially on this roster and that everybody can do that and he can lead you in assists some night i guess 
who do we project to, to start at the air quotes one? If, if you're willing to kind of help me out there a little bit of like, who's, who's going to be maybe the, the kind of lead offense initiator, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple guys I've been playing them together. Um, okay. so we could put two points out there. Um, you know, Xavier Brown's returning, mm-hmm. um, really improved actually was, was, was ready to play last year as a freshman. He was kind of stuck behind two older guys, but when he got his opportunity to play, um, and brought in Mike Green from Robert Morris, uh, started at Bryant, uh, was an all-conference player and and um, highest IQ on our team, great leader. Um, you know, just things are better when he's on the court. It, it really is um, just because of his um, way. And we brought in Brian Randleman. He's kind of a combo guard. He's a big point guard from high point. And, you know, kind of in our early scrimmages, a lot of times two of them are on the court together. Um, I like multiple ball handlers, and and uh, I would say, you know, I don't know yet, but any one of them could start, but I could see uh, all three of them playing really a, a good amount of minutes. I think that fits in with what you're saying with decision-making and things like that. You guys were a little high on the turnover side of things last year. Is that just a product of, hey, if we're going to play fast like this, sometimes, you know, we're, we're going to lose a couple? Does that bother you? I, I think sometimes turnovers are a sign of of – trying things and trying to create a little bit. So it's not always the worst, I guess. How do you kind of juggle that? Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some with our aggressiveness mm-hmm. and uh, we were a little high last year. Um, you know, there's been some years where I, I, we, we kind of keep the same pace and, and take care of the ball better. Um, but I tried to bring in guys this year in the transfer and everything else. I wanted to be a, a better passing team. And so the guys that I brought in, not just the guards, but but even even the big guys and, and the big wings are, are better passers. And I'm hoping that translates and it seems like it is right now of us being more ball conscious. We want a shot every possession. But at the same time, there is going to be some aggressive turnovers and, and it's it's never going to be a completely clean game. But if there's if there's nine good plays and one turnover, I'll t- I'll take the turnover. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think uh you, you gotta let them do their thing a little bit and live through some of the the growing pains along the way here. Uh, Coach, for anyone who hasn't been to a JMU basketball game before, why should they change that this season? One of the best facilities in the country and uh, a passionate fan base. Um, It's a great place to watch a game. Um, Guys are fun to watch, exciting. Uh, They play hard and, um, you know, they, they know there's, they're playing for a great university, play for each other. They're playing for their families, but the, the environment there is, is fun. Um, the student section packs it out. The band's one of the best bands, uh, cheerleaders. So, I mean, it's you come to watch the basketball team, but the whole ambiance of, of the arena, the fan base, the energy in the place, um, you know, get to Atlantic Union Bank Center. It, it, it is a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's a great place to coach, I can tell you that. I have a lot of friends being from this area that went there and all love their experience. And they point to that, uh, that atmosphere being a part of it. And some of them as older alums are, are still going back to do that pretty regularly. So I think that's a, a good indicator that, uh, that it's worth the trip for folks. Can you give us one fun fact about you that maybe people don't know a guilty pleasure TV show or music or something like that? Um, yeah, my music genre, I'm, I'm a nineties rap fan. Oh, um, there you go. Okay. Yeah, Any favorites? So, uh, I haven't evolved. Um, uh, Biggie, DMX, uh, Tupac, uh, you know, like th- those get me going. Um, but, but now like, I kind of like shut my t- television down. I'm a little upset. I'm in like season six of suits. Oh, okay. And, um, I got like one or two more seasons to go, but um, I'll probably won't watch them until May or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
you, you know, and, I, and I have a 16 year old son and, um, you know, being um, a father to him, a basketball father sometimes is, is one of my great, really, really great fun uh, joys. All that. Uh, I think that's all I got for you here, coach. Anything you want to leave fans or listeners with or anybody you want to shout out on the way uh, way out of here? No, nah, man, this has been great. It's, it's fun talking basketball. And, um, you know, you got me excited. Uh, just it's kind of like um, talking about me as a player. Uh, I, I got to go back and see first VHS tapes of me back in the day. But uh, uh, great spending time with you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, looking forward to making out to a game this year. So uh, good luck this season. Good luck uh, the whole way. Hope for that health and all those things we talked about. And uh, look forward to following the progress throughout the season. Yeah, thank you, Matt. It's been great. All right, everybody. You know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're presented by betonline.ag, and we will catch you all next time. listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and i'm rebecca we're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say didn't see that coming and we hate the people responsible for them listen to people are the worst now on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts